Woo! A guest appearance on a podcast. Mmm, podcast. My name is Homer J. Simpson, and I am very smart. I am so smart. I am so smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. I am so smart. Will you stop that incessant noise, you gluttonous buffoon? I can hear it all the way from my lair. What the? How'd you get in my house? You didn't lock your door, genius. Hey, buddy. Halloween was last year. Why don't you take off that stupid mask? This is my face, you... What? This is my face, you jaundiced skin... That's it! Is that all you got, Skelly? The name is Skeletor! Yeah! Place, we ain't caring about your feelings, yeah. Anytime, any place, you can feel it here. Steven, then you out of space, so we clear the air. Any topic, and it's safe, so just be prepared. Don't assume, keep it straight, we might keep it fair. The news, a page, we gon' keep it real. If you tune in, then you sick for real. A Bluetooth, we took the red pill. Every image in the video, talk about it. Different views on the subject, we must talk about it. At the end of the day, we just talking, homie. Only me in the room, but it's like a party. Introducing. Steven Daniel, author, artist, all around great guy. Are we done with the virus now? The media told me that the people protesting to go back to work and chilling at the beach are Trump supporters who want to kill us all. And now rioters, looters are heroes, and the virus is suddenly not an issue. As long as they wear the Antifa mask and don't high-five each other. Don Lemon says it's fine. But you better not go to a Trump rally. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and mindless robots. You are listening to the Out of Place podcast. And if you've come here for some wholesome, leave it to beaver. You're at the wrong place. What you've got to understand is that I'm not some smooth talking NPR podcasting type. I don't care about your feelings and I'm going to tell things the way they are. You are here to listen to what I have to say, right? Don't like it? Like I said before, bye. There are thousands of other wannabe radio hosts out there that you can listen to. I want you to feel entertained and to understand things from a point of view other than your own. That's the problem with people now. If you express an opinion different from anyone else, some f- Garrett will descend from the rafters and carry you off to her lair to give you a stern talking to you. Oh no, anything but that! If you try to give your opinion and it's criticizing some brave Fox News watching conspiracy theorist, some gun loving chump is gonna counter it with some Breitbart sh- Or a CNN watching anti Trump or still living with mommy countering with a dumb AOC quote. I have seen people take articles from The Onion seriously and comment on it on Facebook, making themselves look like total. Something stupid like scientists in North Korea have learned how to hatch people from eggs, creating a population boom. (laughs) Hey, I'm not a guy to criticize. Who am I kidding? Yes, I am. But the DMV gives people like this licenses. These people are on the road where you drive in offices where you work and telling their kids about how North Korea is going to get the U.S. and how the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. These are the kinds of people we are dealing with. 
We are living in a world of hurt feelings with people who feel so threatened by others' ideas that they lash out with violence or stupidity. And if you've been watching what's going on lately, it can be both. Yes, freedom of speech is a constitutional right. Being a f***ing idiot isn't. We have a lot to talk about in this episode. For the touchy topic, I'm going to talk about racism. No, Steven. Don't do it. Shut up. So let's make like feel and let's just jump right into it. Time to get touchy. Get ready to be triggered. Sensitive topics. Oh, look, they're about to cry. All consensus and we'll see. Nobody likes a snowflake. What is Steven's problem today? Everybody is right about racism. What do you mean? The liberals are right. The conservatives are right. The blacks are right. The whites are right. The politicians are right. The police are right. You are right. Everybody's right. They all want the same thing. They all have good intentions, but they are just fighting the fight horribly, which makes, depending on where you stand, the other side seem like they are the enemy. The opposition wants the same outcome as you, but you are told. The Democrats don't care about Americans. They do. I, I, I don't think they wake up and say, how am I going to destroy America today? I just think that more Democrats are openly corrupt than Republicans. Many Republicans are corrupt, but they just hide it a little bit better. And Democrats' other problem is that they stick together no matter how wrong it is for Americans. And it gets them to agree on stupid sh- like defunding the police. The Republicans has always been racist. No, not always. History shows that Democrats was the party of slavery and Jim Crow. All you have to do is research within unbiased content to figure it out yourself. Here is the oversimplification of the switch. Why the South became the Republicans. The Democrats were the Confederacy and the Republicans were the Union. Jim Crow Democrats were dominant of the South. Social tolerant Republicans were of the North. But in the 1960s and 70s, that's when the switch happened. Suddenly, the Republicans became the racists and the Democrats became the champions of civil rights. Democrats told Americans that Republicans could only win by appealing to the worst kind of people in the U.S. Sound familiar? The Democrats convinced people that the Republicans, that was once the party of Lincoln, are now the party of racists and rednecks. They said all this just to win elections. Same Thing that they do now. Every election, people get nasty. You should see some of the shit people were saying about Lincoln when he was running. Anyways, Democrats became more progressive and the Republicans became less progressive and more pro-business. Republicans began wanting small government and support individualism. It attracted the South. So the South and their leadership and their voter base, they all started to vote Republican, which alienated progressives. Republicans stayed where they were and Democrats stayed where they were. The only thing that changed was certain people's values. That's it. Both sides want you to get forget the past and both sides are very hypocritical. I, w- I want you to check out what Hillary Clinton said about another politician. Today, our country has lost a true American original, my friend and mentor, Robert C. Byrd. Senator Byrd was a man of surpassing eloquence and nobility. And I will remember him for many things, but most of all, for a heartfelt comment he made to me in the dark days following the attack on our country on 9-11. My state of New York was reeling and we were scrambling to provide support and relief. Think of me as the third senator from New York, he said. 
and he meant it. Thanks to the leadership of Senator Byrd, who chaired the Appropriations Committee, New Yorkers and Americans got the help we needed. I will never forget his devotion and his friendship in that critical time. It is almost impossible to imagine the United States Senate without Robert Byrd. He was not just its longest serving member, he was its heart, its soul, and its historian. From my first day in the Senate, I sought out his guidance and he was always generous with his time and his wisdom. I admired his tireless advocacy for his West Virginia constituents, his fierce defense of the Constitution and the traditions of the Senate, and his passion for a government that improves the lives of the people it serves. As Secretary of State, I continued to rely on his advice and counsel. I've been grateful for the support he provided as a leader of the Appropriations Committee to our diplomats and development workers as they serve our country and advance our interests all over the world. Robert C. Byrd led by the power of his example and he made all of us who had the honor of serving as his colleagues better public servants and better citizens. After more than five decades of service, he left an indelible imprint on the Senate, on West Virginia, and on our nation we will not see his like again. I am heartened to know that Senator Byrd is now reunited with his beloved Irma, the high school sweetheart who became his wife of nearly 70 years, the love and light of his life. My thoughts and prayers are with their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Robert C. Byrd left such a legacy. Do you know that Robert Byrd was a recruiter for the Ku Klux Klan? Only in his later years did he say it was a mistake. Even after his death, the NAACP, just like Hillary Clinton, praised him. Why? Because one of the things he did was sponsored a bill allocating an additional $10 million in federal funds for the Martin Luther King Jr. National Memorial in Washington, D.C. Okay, but why the double standard? Why do certain politicians get a pass? After apologizing, and others don't. But he spent a lifetime making it up. Don't worry about it. We forgive him. Everybody did. Stephen, even President Obama and Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, Mitch McConnell, and so many other leaders attended his memorial. And they said nice things about him. I'm telling you, listeners, it is all a big game to these politicians. That is why Nancy Pelosi kneeling for nine minutes in African garments is a joke. I got her speech from the memorial service right here. Check it out. In those six years in the House, he demonstrated what would become the hallmarks of his commitment. His, his love of the people of West Virginia, his passion for history and public service, and his remarkable oratorical skills. Is there a problem with racism in 2020? Some say yes and some say no. I say yes and no. How can it be both, Stephen? Let me explain. I think it all depends where you live. We are a military family. I was born and raised in South Florida and uh, also lived in Key West as part of one of our tours. I worked in Atlanta, Georgia, but lived in Buford. We were based in Baltimore, Maryland, but lived in Fort Meade. We were based in Seattle, but lived in Silverdale. We were based and lived in Alameda, California, which is right next to Oakland. Only a tunnel and a bridge splits the island. And now we are based in San Pedro, California, but we live in Irvine. Now. Places 
like South Florida, uh, Southern California, New York. You got a good mix of people. Almost every place I lived at was diverse. If your city is very diverse, you are going to be like, there's no problem. I don't see anything wrong. I can't believe there's still a problem with racism. But go to a city that is not diverse. You will see a big difference. In South Florida, we knew to stay away from Homestead because of the white people and the KKK bullshit. I haven't been near there in years and I heard it change, but growing up, it was like, no, 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 don't go there. During my elementary school days, we lived in Opalaka and Hialeah. We were back and forth. Opalaka is a ghetto black city. You wouldn't catch a soy boy there. Hialeah is a ghetto Cuban city. And the Cubans are like most Asians. They hate everybody. Fake as in your face. But damn, turn around and they are horrible. I personally have heard the most racist stuff come out of Cubans than anybody else growing up. When I lived in Beaufort, Georgia, which is Gwinnett County, it was pretty diverse. But go to Cummings and you will meet the bless your heart white folks. Visit Stone Mountain and you will see the Confederate Mount Rushmore. I remember being there for an awesome Christmas event and they had trains, food, music, hot chocolate, you know, all of the Christmas shit. But then I looked up and saw three dudes on horses carved in the mountain. My ignorant self was like, damn, that looks pretty cool. Next day, I researched more about it and found out that it was a carving displaying Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederate States, and Generals Robert E. Lee and Thomas Stonewall Jackson. I then thought, why the f*** is this still up? I read that the KKK held their annual cross there at the top of the mountain. But some white today excuse me the confederate flag supporters today claim that protesters are trying to deny their heritage they claim it's part of history and you shouldn't just delete parts of history you don't like i say blow it the up and let these radical far-right racists be pissed arnold schwarzenegger said it best when talking to white supremacists your heroes are losers sorry i only could do arnold like everybody else anyways when i lived in fort Meade, maryland the area was pretty diverse, high crime, but diverse. But go to Baltimore. Black folks there would look at my wife like, what the f*** are you doing here? She's a white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, but was born and raised in South Africa. I would always be fine because Hispanics and blacks, they, you know, they talk shit about each other all the time. But overall, no major problems unless it's gang related. I saw the same thing when living next to Oakland. There you had Asians versus blacks. They f hated each other. You felt it. There was a lot of racial tension there. And this is the Bay Area. Very liberal, okay? Listen, every state has that city that you don't go to. Those places, you still feel the racism and the divisiveness. And it has been going on way before Mr. Orange Batman. Defunding the police is going to solve racism. First of all, what is the punishment if there's no police? I've heard people say community watch and community jail. What? Yeah, people have to be vigilant. We need to stick together and be vigilant. All of us. Watch each other's kids. I'm sorry, but most people are lazy and selfish. And asking people to be more vigilant and watch out your window 24-7 than enjoying life does not sound fun at all. I like when it's the weekend and I'm gaming when my family's asleep and getting all immersed with my headset. I like the idea that the police officers are driving around late at night stopping stupid folks from doing stupid while I'm gaming. What's funny is that some of these people that want to defund the police have created a six block area in Seattle called Chaz. <laughs> they, they want businesses now to pay a fee to stay there, right? But this is the funny part. Some of them 
were creating uh, graffiti art and, and some people were stealing from each other. And now they needed a police. <laughs> they, they, they got a rapper to be a sheriff walking around with an AK-47. I, I thought you don't need to police people. And guess what they have around the perimeter? A wall. <laughs> a wall. And guess what? The mayor supports it. She bashed Trump and then supports it. And what did they send? Portable toilets and food. <laughs> Idiots. I say let them do it. A lot of people are worried about this. Shit. I say let them do this shit and tell them you can't vote. You're out because right when you get there, I don't know if y'all seen videos or pictures or anything, but right when you get there, they say leaving United States of America and welcome to Chaz. That's what it says. Let these towns, let, let these mayors, let, let, let them do this shit so that they can't vote. So that the people, whatever city you're in, you vote the way you want to vote left, you want to vote right, whatever the f you vote for what's best for your community. Listen, we got some sick f out there. Murderers, child molesters, rapists, gang members, and big time drug runners. What the hell do you think will happen when you give them the freedom to do whatever the f they want? Police is needed, but we do need reform. Police need to have a different mindset than that military mindset, you know? It should never, ever, ever be police versus people. The police needs to meet with the communities that consist of all classes and races. They need to meet with business owners, faith leaders, leaders in the medical field, and in education. And not just meet them, but listen to them. Because the police has always strategies and they bring different ideas and methods to the communities, but they rarely talk to the community about it. They just say, here's the plan, deal with it. It, it leaves a bad vibe. But if the police can listen to the community and ask what works for them, man, you have no idea how much better it could be. It should be a partnership between the police and the community. The police is great at protecting. I mean, think about it. They know there's besides those out there, which I am one of those that say that every corner of the world and in most prestigious jobs, there are that are sick in the head and ruin it for everyone else. Police officers, they protect, but they forget to serve and the power gets abused. Some of these police officers are, I, I dealt with it personally many times throughout my life. And I'm a person that gets heated. I mean, you've heard me scream on this podcast. You heard me yell. You heard me curse. When I see red, I don't care. And I think that's what a lot of people get in trouble with the cops. And I could give you a, an, an example that happened when we were living in Key West. We lived right across the street and there was no gate. I mean, there's gate, but there was no uh, a security. You know, anybody could go in and out there. So, but what happens with housing like that, just like in Alameda, it was the same thing. They have officers that drive through there to check up on, you know, kind of like patrol. Okay. But they patrol the bases and, and then the housing. And they were really strict. Like, this is how much power they had. And this is how bored they were. Okay. You do have problems every now and then, especially with teenagers and the young adults that live with their parents still. And they, you know, their parents are in the military. They'll do some stupid shit. They'll steal shit. It's, it's dumb shit, okay easy to deal with most of the time they're bored so when they were bored as what happens is that they start harassing you for minor shit. and one of the things that pissed me off that they did to everybody you weren't allowed to ride your bike without a helmet and then one day i really got pissed all i was doing i was cleaning my bike i like to have my things clean and take care of it so there was one saturday morning i was just like 
put my bike upside down. I was cleaning the chains. I was, you know, making sure it's nice, you know, and they pull up and they told me you got to wear a helmet. And I was like, but I'm not riding a bike. It's upside down. I'm fixing it. When it's outside, you need to wear a helmet. And I, and I got pissed. And I said, so you mean to tell me that even if I'm not riding the bike, I still got to wear a helmet, even if it's in my driveway? I thought they were around with me, but nope, they weren't. So I said, all right. And then I just went inside. I didn't give a f I left everything out there. So that already got me pissed. Fast forward a little bit. My parents visited and they brought their dog. I don't know what happened, but the dog ended up running away. I didn't think to put on a f helmet. All I thought was I need to find this dog. You know, it shouldn't be that far away. I just got to get on the bike and try to go a certain direction where I think it might be. So as I got on the bike, first thing that I see is the officers. They were about to leave the housing. But as soon as they saw me, they, you know, made a weird turn to go towards me. They roll down the windows. And while I'm riding, goes, uh, you need to wear a helmet. And I'm like, OK, OK, I got it. You need to turn around and wear your helmet. I said, I got it. And I just kept riding. I didn't give a what they were saying. All I thought was that I need to find his dog. And they drove their car right in front of me, almost knocking me over to make me stop. Once they did that, I got pissed. I got that bike and I threw it on the floor. I said, what the? F and as soon as I did that, I even put my hands up saying that. And then that moment is when I knew where I needed to calm down. I looked at my wife real quick. She was there to cut the corner. My mom wanted to see what was going on. And as soon as I saw their faces, I knew that I needed to calm the down uh, because the next thing I saw was both of them getting out of their car. One of them was Hispanic and the other one was white. And they both had their hands on their pistol, both of them, not the taser, because they didn't know how I was going to react right then and there. And it took one of the officers, the older one, which was the white dude, to say, listen, listen, you need to calm down. And then I explained to him, listen. And I said, listen, my dog just ran away and just escaped. And I thought it's just I get on my bike and I look for it. That's it. That's all it was in my head. And then you, I always get harassed by this helmet policy. I even told him what happened when I was sitting in the driveway. He said the reason why we do this is because of safety and blah, 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 whatever bullshit that they gave me. And I had to calm down. I'm a person that I can escalate it big time. But it took my wife's face and my mom's face for me to be like, OK, I need to calm down. If they weren't there, I don't know what I would have done because I was really pissed that they were using their power because they were bored. Anyways, is not just the police who need to change. Everyone needs to change. We expect too much from law enforcement. We are the ones who gave them the power. When they use that power, the community has the balls to be upset. But we gave them that power. From now on, you shouldn't call the police because the music is too loud next door. You shouldn't call the police because your neighbor's dog keeps on your front lawn. You shouldn't call the police and make false complaints. You shouldn't call the police on someone who has a different opinion. If the police and communities can create a partnership, the needs of the people will be met and it will be 10 times easier to figure out the root cause of problems like jobs, education, and health. I truly believe that when you do all of that, the crime will take care of itself. I truly believe it. You may think I'm naive, but I truly believe that that will happen. But we can put the police funding into housing. Well, guess what, Karen and Ken stuck in the bubble? They do that already. And it's called Section 8 housing. These housing projects bring in more crime. I experienced it firsthand. One, I have friends that live in Section Housing. When we were based in Alameda, we lived in the military housing. 
which is right next to the ferry terminal that takes you to Oakland and then San Francisco. There was this uh, newly built shopping center called Alameda Landing. Must have just opened a couple of months before we moved there in 2015. Beautiful place, comfortable to chill. Right next to it, literally walking distance. And across the street, Section 8 housing was being built. I didn't care. It looked nice, really fancy looking. As soon as people started moving in, crime started increasing the area. The military housing sits right next to it. Breaking and entering on the military base happened more frequently. Cars were getting broken into and even stolen. The police said that there was nothing they could do about it. It was unsafe to go even shopping at Target, to get an ice cream at Cream, to get some groceries at Safeway. We used to walk from the house to Target for some fun exercise. And that ended when people were getting mugged at gunpoint when they were just walking to the store. I couldn't believe the transformation. Steven, the statistics shows that more unarmed white people were killed by officers last year. If Black Lives Matter, then we have to defund Planned Parenthood because millions of black babies are killed by abortion. Kelly Thomas was beaten and killed by cops, but there were no riots. Black American needs fathers. Obama even made that speech about that. Look at all the black athletes and elite celebrities. How are they struggling? Listen, you f nuts. First off, even though some celebrities say dumb sh like LeBron saying that black men are hunted every day. No, black men are not hunted every day. You can't just say false sh like that. Anyways. During the civil rights era, you had celebrities too. And black Americans at that time had it way harder than black Americans today. Let's name them. In football, you had Bill Willis, Marion Motley, Kenny Washington, and Woody Strode. In baseball, you had Jackie Robinson. Everybody knows him. I mean, Jackie Robinson had to endure racial abuse from both fans and players, just like the other athletes I'm going to mention. In golf, you had Ted Rose and Charlie Stifford. In basketball, you had Chuck Cooper, Earl Lloyd, and Nat Clifton. In tennis, you had Althea Gibson. In hockey, you had Willie O'Ree. In movies, you had James Baskett, Sidney Poitier, Harry Belafonte, Dorothy Dandridge, and Woody Strode, who was that same football player I mentioned earlier. In television, you had Louise Beavers, also Alvin Childress, and Spencer William for their comedy special, The Amos and Andy Show. Which, by the way, if you have a chance to watch that show, it is funny as hell. I love it. My favorite episode is the Kingfish Teaches Andy to Fly. In music, you have Bo Diddley, Fats Domino, Chuck Berry, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, and Nat King Cole. It didn't matter how many black celebrities there were. Racism was still a problem then, and it's still a problem now. Your statistics may be right, but it doesn't help, no matter how factual it is. It does not help. It seems insensitive. It seems like you don't give a sh what they have to say. So what do you think will happen? They are going to get nasty with you too. You can share that meme all you want, but it won't change a thing. You look at them like they're dumb, that they made the wrong choices. They say the wrong things. Well, guess what? They are looking at you the same way. Just listen to them. Don't jump into statistics mode right away. Respectfully, listen. You watch Steven Crowder and he does that. He makes good points sometimes. So, but sometimes he can't get out of that statistic bubble. It's the same with Ben Shapiro. The statistics, the statistics say, it says, it says studies, uh, studies have found, don't be like them. Just listen. Let's talk about fake activists, pandering, and white guilt. Yay! You posted a black square on social media. You hashtag the trending slogan or movement. Congratulations! You solved racism! 
Cut it the f- out. Some people fall for that, sh- but many can see past that. Trump standing with the Bible. No Bible quote just standing there. Okay. How about the mayor painting the streets with Black Lives Matter slogans? Okay. Or when those Democrats kneel for nine minutes, which I remember seeing a pic in the documentary of Nazis doing the same pose. Everybody, black people, white, no, no, no matter who you are, everybody could see through that. Sh- it was very cringy to watch. These people have no damn clue that they are giving the Trump the win. That's it. You don't like Trump? Guess what? These f- people are letting him win. Now Trump's narrative will be this. Not about what's going on. It will be this. Democrats are taking away your safety by removing the police. And y'all need to stop with this white guilt. White folks kissing black folks' shoes is some crazy racist sh- And have you seen the celebrity pandering and their bad acting? I mean, these celebrities can't stand one second when the attention is not on them. And businesses are doing the same thing. You see it everywhere. I've been seeing it in emails. I load up an app. They all have the same message. And it goes like this. So let's make a representation of all brands, okay? We at are committed to fighting injustice by hosting images to Twitter that express our commitment to fighting injustice. To that end, we offer this solemn white on black JPEG that expresses vague solidarity with the black community, but will quietly align the specifics of what is wrong, what needs to change, or in what ways we will do anything about it. This is doubly true if is particularly guilty of exacerbating these issues. We hope this action encourages you to view positively without, you know, expecting anything from us. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. I saw that meme and it truly made me laugh out loud. Loved it. What about Blackout Tuesday? I first saw a post from the talented T.I. I love his music, but he said that he wanted all black people to not spend one dime to prove how black people's money is essential. I thought it was a stupid idea, but life went on. I then saw it change to people not releasing music on that day, so it doesn't distract. That made more sense, and I got behind that. Fast forward to Black Tuesday, and you're going to laugh, because I forgot about the Black Tuesday thing. And I didn't know it turned into a Black Post trend to show support. You have no idea how much I laughed, and y'all going to laugh at me now. Since I forgot, I thought something was wrong with my social media platform. I was like, why the f*** are these photos not loading? Just like everybody, I don't read the the description. And then I realized it and I cried laughing so hard. Anyways, your black squares were stupid. Steven, what? You don't care about black people? Listen, you mindless robot. You don't care either. (gasps) How dare you? Didn't you see my post? I used the right hashtag. Hello? It is the least effort you can do that doesn't accomplish anything. It is virtue signaling. So many people and celebrities did that shit, And I got a feeling that some of my listeners did too. Y'all don't realize that thousands of people use social media to communicate with each other during these riots and protests to stay safe and to know what's going on. All y'all did was made it trend and pushed everything else that mattered out of view. Instead of showing respect, all you did was silence the true message. But I understand. I understand. It was important to let everyone know that you are a good person and that Hermione did it, too. I understand. I understand. It it matters to how you look online. Another pandering that I saw that made me sick was celebrities belling out looters and rioters instead of donating to causes that would actually help black Americans. Thousands of dollars. These people make so much money. But nope, they just go to what will give them the most attention. 
Now let's talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. I can get behind this. But I cannot get behind this. There are blaze, you hear their horns blaring there, and toxic, thick, black smoke from those burning vehicles is now pouring into the night sky in downtown Grand Rapids. Uh, I stepped out of the studio a second ago, and I could actually smell uh, some uh, smoke uh, that's making its way to, to our building here at Heritage Hill, uh, an indication of some of the fires that uh, are being set throughout the area. Um, but as you can see there, uh, an incredible image there on the streets of downtown Grand Rapids. This is Pearl Street near Ottawa, where several vehicles, including at least one police cruiser, uh, maybe more, uh, more is on fire. More windows are being broken out here. And, uh, and then we've got folks here continuing the damage. Um, there is a segment of these, um, these agitators that are not done yet and you see the damage taking place. Unbelievable. Rejecting the Black Lives Matter movement does not mean rejecting the idea that Black Lives Matter. Big difference. If you believe that setting fires looting and hurting and killing people in the name of racism you are a moron at the start when when the black lives matter movement started it had a great message but then you have bad actors and disgusting human beings taking over the hashtag and say horrible things like check this out big known businesses like apple boost uh let's see target walmart best buy all of that Gucci, whatever the f I like, you better lock your door. George this is Floyd. us saying, hey man, you're not giving it to us, so we're gonna take it. Of course. What do you expect them to do? Google, Microsoft, all that bullshit. That's all built up. That's all slavery money. If anybody's a thief, it's America. So when we take it back or we burn it down, yeah. We getting back what's ours. You won't give it up? Okay, you ain't having it no more. But it's not just large corporations that have been attacked. Many small businesses that have already been decimated by the coronavirus have been utterly destroyed. If, if, if they didn't kill a black man, their stores wouldn't get burned down. 
Do we have to burn it down to rebuild it without racism? Yes. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Sometimes we gotta act out. It sucks that all this happening, that all the small businesses are getting burnt down, but without that, where would we be? This country was built on violence, and when people are had enough of the violence that y'all have against us, and we give it back to y'all, y'all wouldn't be mad. The FBI came here in three days because we're rioting. So that it's because we're tearing shit up. You come for me, I'm coming for you. Point blank. Should we defund the cops? Yes. Yes. Definitely. We should the military. Nah, you know, I think, bro, I think we should kill them. According to BLM, everyone is racist, but can never explain why. Like this lady from the Congressional Black Caucus who declared Kaylee a racist. No quotes from her, no nothing. Only because she worked for Trump. More divisiveness. I have seen them dishonor Martin Luther King Jr. because he was a Republican and believed in God. The Black Lives Matter movement now have over $100 million that was donated to them. Do you think they're going to use that money to protect the communities, to build communities after the police is defunded? My assumption is no. Just watch. These riots and violence is all about emotions. The Black Lives Matter movement only focus is police brutality, nothing else. Rioting, Looting and vandalizing is distracting. It takes away from the issue. Take Colin Kaepernick, for example. Instead of putting a spotlight on the issue, it became whether or not you love America and respect the armed forces. Or how about the peaceful protesters that were near the beach that just wanted to go back to work to support the family after being told to stay home and companies still wanted bills to be paid. The media made it about freedom versus hell. CNN made it seem like it was Trump supporters versus America's safety, which was completely wrong. Members of the Black Lives Matter movement, you want to be successful in your message? You need to call out Antifa who harms your message. You need to call out the pandering politicians from both sides, not just the Republican side, from both sides that y'all keep voting for because you were told you have to. Call out the politicians who said the hell with you and focus on illegal immigrants. Don't accept words every four years. It sucks that only every four years is when you matter. It shouldn't be like that. You need to make sure that they do, those politicians on both sides of the aisles, do what they say. You have many black politicians who sold you out like Cory Booker who sold out to Big Pharma, making it hard for low-income families to buy necessary drugs. Camilla Harris who spent her DA days locking up black men and forcing the three-strike rules. But they want to say, hey, vote for me because we're black too. John Lewis, the politician since the 80s and was once a civil rights leader but haven't done sh for you. He comes out only when Pelosi and Schumer see a need to further the racist agendas. Hey, look, we're not racist. Kwasi Mifume in office since the 80s. What the f has he done besides sexually harassing women when he was the NAACP leader? Maxine Waters in the office since the early 90s. What the f has she done besides being openly corrupt? Look up Maxine Waters in One United if you want to know one of many sh Sanford Bishop in office since the early 90s. Look up Pickford versus Glickman. See how he didn't do anything about the fraud that was cheating many black farmers. He told them that it was not his job to do anything about it. Jim Clyburn in office since early 90s and defended the 1994 crime bill. Elsie Hastings in office since 2013 to besides a couple of scandals. What the f*** has she done? Eddie Bernice Johnson in office since the early 90s. What the f*** has she done besides the scholarship scandal? Bobby Rush in office since the early 90s who had problems with dipping his hand in the cookie jar for his family and sold out to Comcast. How about Sheila Jackson Lee in office since the mid-90s? Another openly corrupt, incompetent racist. Just check out the racist that comes out of her mouth. Look, it would take a long time to 
list every black politician who sold out black voters for money, power, identity politics, or have scandals that involve money or some type of sexual harassment. The point I'm trying to make is that right now we got three black senators. Two were before Trump. At the House, you have 52 black members. 38 of them were before Trump. All of them talk sh to you, told you what you wanted to hear. There is barely any proof that they help black communities. You can look it up right now. Look at it. Look, just look and you will see. It's not right. Do your research. Pick a politician and see what they have done. That doesn't just look good in the optics. That there wasn't just a photo op. That there just wasn't talk. That it wasn't just an interview. Look at what on paper, what they have done and what they have voted for versus what they said they were going to do. Why is it that only optics matter? Politicians on both sides, they're good at it. Liberals, I think, are better at it. I mean, look at the Affordable Care Act. How can you fight something that is called that Affordable Care Act? It's affordable. It's all optics. It's all just how it looks, how it sounds. I thought that with Obama as president, at least things would get better for black Americans. Shit is happening right now because nothing happened. The thing with Obama and many politicians out there on both sides of the aisle, I do believe in my heart, I do believe that they want what's best. They do. They really want to do what they talk about. But when you're not as rich as the Trumps or the Clintons, you have to get money from many major, powerful, rich people, and they have to be and bend a knee to these people. They do want to do the things that they tell you that they want to do. But when it's time to follow through on the promises, then you got the lobbyists to say, hey, 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 shh, hey, hey, come here, come here. Sorry, politician, but, but, but you can't do that. Remember, we paid you that big chunk of money. You know, you, you can't you can't go back on your promises. So they vote in a different way or not at all. And the excuse that they give you is, hey, it's just politics. It's just po ah, you get it. It's just politics. It's a way to go. You know, we can't do this because these motherfuckers, they, they didn't let me see the other side to see the Republicans and the Republicans do the same thing. Hey, you know, we couldn't do it because you, you see the Democrats. People who look to politicians and bureaucrats to solve life's problems are doomed to failure. Ever wonder where most of them go after office? Instead of working to build black communities, they become lobbyists for giant telecoms, banks, military contractors, oil um, companies, and big pharma. It seems to me that the black political class no longer believes in justice or peace. They say it, but they haven't worked for you at all. At all. They come out for you only when it benefits their platform. When they can get center stage, which sucks. Another thing you have to stop supporting is affirmative action. <gasps> Why? You're giving white people a pass and letting them hide behind the Black Lives Matter movement and affirmative action so they don't have to do a damn thing for you. They just have to say, yeah, I support. Here's, here's, here's money to here. Here you go. Uh, are we cool? We cool? We cool? Okay, we're cool. For those of you that don't know what affirmative action is, affirmative action tells black Americans and other minorities that they are not good enough, that they will never be successful. Oh, but, but don't worry. Don't worry. They got them covered at the expense of black development. You, you will never know if you didn't get the success on your own with affirmative action. And the last thing I want to touch on with the Black Lives Matter movement is that the reason why this movement will fail is because they are repeating the same methods as the Black Panthers. Martin Luther King Jr. has spoken out against their methods. When watching the riot footages, it made me think of the footages I have seen in documentaries. Listen to what author Derek Green says about it. He explains it better than I can. I always said that Black Lives Matter is an ideological heir to the Black Power movement. Because when you look at the civil rights movement, 
you know, which, you know, the, the most recognizable person obviously is Martin Luther King Jr. He was about nonviolence. He was about going and silently protesting, uh, but, but not meeting violence with violence. Because one of the strategies was that he said, if you meet violence with violence, people who are watching on TV and he knew the power of television, they're not going to be able to make a moral distinction between those who are oppressed and those who are fighting to, to maintain that oppression. So if you meet violence with nonviolence, people have to make a moral distinction between one or the other, and then they have to decide who they want to choose. The second thing is that they wanted to integrate into American society. This whole notion that they knew that, the, that again, the Declaration of Independence is beautifully written. It's simply, the country simply didn't live up to its ideals, even with the Constitution. So he wanted to force the country to morally persuade them to live up to the ideals in the, the, the Declaration of Independence and the laws of the Constitution. Integration, uh, equality, and race neutrality. There was no intrinsic good or bad with race. It was neutral. Give us an opportunity. Let us prove that we are equal with the people who have been oppressing us for 100 years. So they, to me, had the moral authority, that and the fact that the civil rights movement was, was born and nurtured in black churches. Um, I think a lot of people forget that and forget how significant that was. The Black Power Movement, on the other hand, said, no, we don't want race neutrality. We are going to redefine what it means to be black. And then we want mainstream America to deal with us how we've redefined ourselves. The second thing is, they, again, they wanted racial separatism. They didn't want integration. They wanted separatism. There's a lot of uh, black nationalism sentiment going on during this time, during the black consciousness uh, period from you know 1968 to the early 70s. So you had the Black Panther movement, you had a bunch of other uh, racial solidarity movements that were going on that were emphasizing the cultural identity and what it meant to be black. Uh, and they were about violence. Again, this is the movement that adopted Martin, or Malcolm X's phrase by any means necessary. Uh, they, were, they didn't want to overcome, they wanted to overrun. Uh, and so they were going to meet violence with violence because of the frustrations of the younger radicals that were coming up in the black power movement. It's interesting when you look back historically, all of the wins happened because of the civil rights movement. The black power movement didn't really win anything legislatively. Uh, they didn't really convince anybody morally. Uh, they got some political, some political concessions, but it was most more social. Um, and then they were kind of co-opted by the white left. Black Lives Matter is the same way. You can see when they're out there, they have the black fists up. Any type, you, you know, the, the shops that are boarded up around any city, you see the black fist. Uh, they're Black Lives Matter. They're chanting the chants of black power uh, from the late 1960s. There's just so much that they've borrowed from them. They're saying, F the cops, die pigs. So they're a radical heir to the black power movement, and people have to make a decision. Rejecting Black Lives Matter as a movement isn't rejecting the quality and care for black lives. It's rejecting the way they're going about doing what they're doing. If you really care for black lives and you don't think that civil rights have been, been uh, achieved, which I, I personally do, then think about your strategy. Adopt something that's going to be nonviolent. Morally persuade people. Don't instigate or offend people who would otherwise be receptive to your message and then help you achieve what you say you want to achieve. Black Lives Matter isn't doing that. You know, they're not going to, in my opinion, they're not going to really convince anybody who doesn't already share their ideological presuppositions. Uh, so th that, those are some of the things, things that I think uh, uh, separate Black Lives Matter and Black Power from the civil rights movement and why 
people should they should look back historically and appreciate what was accomplished in such a very difficult time. I don't know if I even have the you know intestinal fortitude to to peacefully march, knowing that I might be hit over the head with a baton like John Lewis was, or even ultimately killed like Martin Luther King. It's a it's a really those those men and women of that era were extremely brave. The people that we're seeing out today, there's a lot of words that I would call them, and brave brave is not one of them. Police brutality and them getting away with murder is all Trump's fault. First of all, Obama had two black attorney generals. Neither of them actually tried to solve the problem of police brutality. Do y'all remember Michael Brown? The chaos that happened after false reporting and message of the hands up, don't shoot? Y'all remember that? When two forensic investigations happened, and that's including Obama's DOJ, they looked into it and found that it was justified. Remember Freddie Gray, Sandra Bland, Khalif Browder, Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castor? All of these murders. All of them, and there were many more that the media did not cover. All of these murders happened under Obama's administration without a single person being convicted. So how the f*** is this Trump's fault? Seriously, many of these politicians, even the white politicians on both sides have been in office for decades. Let's wrap it up. Learn to respond in a positive way instead of reacting in a negative way because of your emotions. Why do we have to be stuck with the pain because we constantly listen to the media? Celebrities, politicians, they make so much money talking about this stuff. They don't care if it causes division. It doesn't, it doesn't, they don't care if it causes chaos. But we continue to click and watch their sh What you see with racism is not new. It has been happening for centuries. And it happens still today around the world. I do believe that racism has improved, but it is still there. The only difference is that now it could be recorded. It is now being more exposed and catching people off guard. Nobody could hide anymore. Take, for instance, what happened to Christian Cooper while he was bird watching. He politely asked his to leash her dog, but she became agitated. And as he filmed her reaction, the woman called the police and said this shit. Check it out. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Would you please stop? Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. I'm taking pictures of calling the cops. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm in the ramble, and there is a man, African American, he has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African American man, I am in Central Park, he is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. And my I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. I don't know. You heard how that woman was using Christian's race to get the police to respond. I'm sure this liberal, crazy feminazi seemed normal when interacting with other people. You know, not at the park. She's doing her sh She just seemed normal, right? But at this instance, when she was caught off guard, 
the mask was taken off. Why does Hollywood still make movies about racism and get credits to tell you if you don't support or like a certain movie, you are racist like they did with Marvel's Black Panther? Another thing that Hollywood does that pisses me off is displaying interracial couples as taboo. It's 2020 and it's still an ongoing gag to them. I have had Asian women friends also. They had the same problem. Bring white dudes home and they were told why. Why couldn't they date their own kind? And there are many examples of this all around the world still today. We need to change as a society to fix racism, not putting a band-aid on it, like defunding the police, changing the president, and setting up rules. These are all band-aids. I believe that racism is a learned behavior. It can be avoided if parents teach their children to be open and tolerant so that when they go to college, they don't do like this. Announcement. Excuse me. If y'all didn't know, this is the MSC. And frankly, there's just too many white people in here. And this is a space for people of color. So just be really cognizant of the space that you're taking up because it does make some of us POCs uncomfortable when we see too many white people in here. It's only been open for four days. And frankly, there's the whole university for a lot of y'all to be at. And there's very few spaces for us. So keep that in mind. Please protest peacefully and go to the voting booth. Not just the president election, but to change your cities. Vote for your mayors and the city council. Because you know what happens when you don't? Think of it like this. And you know I'm true. And you're going you're gonna to realize how true this is. Okay, listen. There's only so, so much that a president can do at a local level. Just like this coronavirus, you've seen that it is based on the governors, the mayors, the city councils, all those. Okay, all those people. Now, when you go vote, most people, and this is millions of people, okay, millions of people on both sides that only turn up for the presidential election every four years, and nobody votes for anybody in their city. Because I know you go to your favorite store, picture your favorite store, okay, wherever it is, I know there's been at least once in the year where you've seen these signs in the yards, people's yards in the corner in the light and you, you see these names you know it's not presidential year you just see a f name and guess what you do you ignore it you don't give a f ah, this it's not presidential it doesn't matter it does f matter because those are the f people that are running your city and you know who votes for them and it's always look at it they're always landslides why because the only people that show up are people that are invested in them family and friends and then they win if it's uh, a city that's heavily, or state, that's heavily conservative, guess who's going to win? A conservative person. And it's the same thing the other side. If it's heavily Democrat, guess what? A Democrat will more than likely be in office. And if you ever wonder, why the f*** are they building another Starbucks there? Why the f*** is there another shopping center? Why the f*** is there another luxury apartments? And you're like, we should have more schools. We should have more churches. We should have more things that are important. Why the f*** are they building this this park that have nothing but stupid statues. When you see it, like, why, could, why, didn't they, why did they did this decision? Why did they build that? And you realize all you have to do is follow the money. That's all you have to do is follow the money. So when you want change in your city, you need to hold these people that are there accountable. It's not Trump's fault. When Obama was in there, it wasn't Obama's fault when it happens locally. And, and sometimes they just make these decisions like, what the f Like when I lived in the Bay Area, when I got there, it was like, yeah, you got to pay for sugar now. What? Yeah, when you buy a soda, you got you to pay for sugar. Well, where is this money going? Don't worry about it. You just, you got to pay for sugar. 
Okay. I, I came from the East Coast, okay? And you don't pay for f- bags, but in California, you got to pay for bags, 10 cents a bag. So when I went to the supermarket for the first time, and then it says, uh, do you need bags? Um, yeah. And then I saw this, like, I'm getting 10 cents per bag. And then they encourage you to get uh, those uh, reusable bags. So I asked, where the f- is the money going? Don't worry about it. Well, why are you doing this? Because, and, and, and what I found out in my research is, well, a lot of bags go in the ocean. So we need to save the ocean. So, but where's the money going? Don't worry about it. Then you find out later on, like how the Bay Area, like San Francisco is using 250 okay, to give the homeless drugs. And their, their reason is so that they don't share needles and get sick. See, it's shit like that that I, I don't want to support. But when people don't care, you get the government that you deserve. So you don't like where you live. Guess what? You're old enough to, to vote. Guess what? You get what you deserve. You didn't care. That's the city you get. All people from around the world, no matter the skin color or location, all are human beings. George Floyd was a human being, which means that we are all made in God's image. He was one of God's children and shouldn't have gone out like that. Doesn't matter what he did. Doesn't matter. I don't care what he did. I don't care what he did before. I don't care what he did at the moment. That right there, what, what he went through. When he's crying out, when he call his mom. Uh-huh. Bro, get up, get in the car, man. I will. Get up, get in the car. I can't move. I've been waiting the whole time. Ah. Ah. Get up, get in the car. Mama. Get up and get Mama. in the car right. I can't. Okay, well, well, I'm, a, I'm a father. I'm a parent. And I can't imagine if I saw my kids, my kid laying there, screaming out to me. It hurts fucking hurts to see what that man went through i didn't care what the he did i didn't care i didn't i don't agree with aoc most of the time but i agree with one of her tweets and she said if you killed the man with health conditions you still killed the man george floyd couldn't breathe three officers held him down and one with a recorded violent history need his neck as others helped they waited nine minutes for his last breath. This was not an accident. It was a murder. The way many corrupted people and mindless robots define justice is ridiculous. Justice should not be based on the opinions of the mob or our feelings. It should be based on facts, evidence, and due process. Justice should remain impartial and not defer to race, social, economic, class, or gender. Justice should be unbiased. This is the reason why Lady Justice wears a blindfold. Remember this. Not all blacks are criminals. Just because they wear a hoodie and have pants down to their knees doesn't mean they're looking for trouble. Not all whites are racist. You have to remember that wars that were fought against slavery, laws that were passed that enabled black Americans to be equal were many white people that were in office, who fought as best as they could. Not all cops are bad. You know it, and I know it. Ignorance comes in all colors. The first song we're going to listen to is Too Hot to Touch by Sweet Susie.
satisfaction I feel like I'm getting old Then you shook me Then you took me Loving hit you hard or so I'm told I don't got no indiscretion But this good girl here is getting tired Getting rid of chains that bound me Hard wood or beggar, these two roses on fire Cause I'm too hard to touch ya I'm too hard to handle Papa ain't no rolling stone Cause I'm pretty for love Although it's a gamble Baby, can you see All theme park shit. Really long lines, bland food that tastes like your grandmother's armpit, overpriced entry fees, untrained teenage stuff, dangerous rides, and really long lines. Well, guess fucking what? Out of Place has got you covered. The latest news for all you Fast Pass lovers. Here's the Not Another Theme Park News Show. Let me shut the hell up and introduce your host, 
Brit Nolan. Sup, you racist... It's another month, slowly approaching summer solstice, and COVID is still running rampant, according to some people. To appease the masses, most theme parks are putting press releases out for their scheduled reopening dates with their eerily similar safety plans, like each one's trying to outdo each other with crappy promises of keeping kids from sneezing on each other. As each one opens, there are sure to be a bunch of complainers and how the rules were not enforced. Look at this picture. I mean, clearly there's no social distancing measures. Look at all the people without their masks. The whore. The meanwhile, the world is simultaneously about how we need to defund the police due to crazy oppressive sh** where all lives matter, including, but not limited to black people. And if you're white like me, you better check your privilege and remember that silence is violence. This makes sense though. We need this callous, inhumane treatment of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and the countless other spirits to help catalyst ourselves out of the COVID slump and get on to bigger issues. We might not be able to stop the plague, but we can beat the shit out of racism and AutoZone once and for all. Hashtag punch a Nazi. So Disney parks say that they're going to reopen the Cali one on July 17th, much sooner than I said in the last podcast segment, in an effort to foil this mitzvah 3.0. Some Nazis decided to retaliate in the form of an online petition claiming health officials have stated that the second wave of COVID-19 will be worse. So reopening before the second wave even hits us is irresponsible and greedy. Around 25,000 participants, consisting of white supremacists and the special needs people of color, have banded together to sign this form. Go to change.org if you support this horse On the other side of the states, there is yet another petition for Disney on, of course, change.org. They asked Disney to remove all references to its 1946 film Song of the South from Slash Mountain. Why? Racism. The petition says the movie is steeped in extremely problematic and stereotypical racist tropes. The petition suggests Disney should retheme the ride around Princess and the Frog. You know, one of the few black Disney movies. Tiana. The main character in the film is recognized for being Disney's first African-American princess. I haven't seen either film, but I'm sure Disney will consider rebranding this ride to something made within the last 50 years just to appease their fans. On a more lighthearted note, from Twitter, I heard this cool idea from the user and comedian Jeremy McClellan. His tweet idea reads, I support removing racist statues. But we should not destroy them. They should all be relocated to an island theme park where we can go and have paintball wars. All ticket proceeds go to reparations. I think that's a pretty inventive idea. Maybe Disney can jump in on that. So like the rest of us, you've been waiting a few months to go to a park and things are opening. You've got new lines for the same old shit, eh? Well, at Hershey Park, located in, you guessed it, Hershey, Pennsylvania, they are opening on July 3rd with a brand new ride called Candemonium, the park's tallest, fastest, and longest roller coaster. A Bollinger and Malibird hypercoaster that stands 210 feet tall, reaches a top speed of 76 miles per hour, and stretches 4,636 feet in length. The coaster spans seven acres at the new entrance of Hershey's Chocolate Town, a 23-acre development featuring an entirely reimagined arrival experience honoring the legacy of Milton S. Hershey. 
who was rumored to have sourced cocoa from child laborers in West Africa. Hey, if you enjoyed Dollywood's virtual roller coaster rides mentioned in last month's segment, and don't find it racist to support a big white country woman's theme park, Dollywood will be open by the time this podcast comes out on June 15th. If you're a season pass holder, you'll be thrilled to know about the new restrictions on reservations that can be made. Season pass holders can make reservations for up to two Fridays, Saturdays, or Sundays per month, and up to three consecutive days at a time. But really, who uses their pass that much? You really just want to get your money's worth. If you're thinking about this, you probably don't have a job, and I hate you because your life is more fun than mine. <laughs> Just kidding. Congrats, you lucky whippersnapper. One of the most clickbaity side notes I could find in a roundtable discussion with restaurant executives and industry leaders on May 18th, President Trump stroked his orange chin, pondering the idea of a tax deduction for Americans that could potentially help re-stimulate the economy. Create and explore America. No, not England, you wankers. Explore America tax credit that Americans can use for domestic travel, including visits to restaurants. And this also would include theme parks. So let's pray that this tax credit comes into fruition. The Explore America tax credit would provide tax relief, a proposed $4,000 per household, aka half a trip to Disney, for Americans to go back to restaurants and domestic travel. In short, those who put money back into the restaurant and travel industry could be rewarded come tax season. However, since those remarks last month, no further details of this supposed tax credit have been announced. But hell, I'd be even happier if we finally federally legalized weed. I mean, take some people out of the prisons. All right. In an effort to not waste any more of your precious masturbation time, let's go over some horror stories at theme parks. Think you can escape racism at a park? Think again. In Nashville, Tennessee, during the summer of 2018, at the water park Wave Country, 40-person brawl occurred over the alleged use of racial slurs. One man didn't make it out so well, and the other 39 had a good time. Tyrone Holt told local news that the white he-devil yelled some Nazi things at him and then started beating him up. They tried to gang me, so I just started kicking, trying to defend myself. Next thing I knew I was on the ground, kicked and punched, Holt said. Holt's hand and eye socket were broken in the fight. He also had a metal plate implanted in his face. Holt said he wants police to press charges. However, according to authorities, they surprisingly didn't because there's no clear way to identify who was the victim and who was the villain of the incident. Maybe they didn't because he was black. The brawl participants all agree that this started when a man from a white family bumped into the floats of three black girls. That's when the girls allegedly told their parents that the white man called them words that I cannot repeat. While the white man denied it, police had to separate 40 people in the brawl. Both families accused Wave Country of not having enough security. In the end, both families agreed that suing Wave Country was indeed the best way to help end racism in this scenario. Another story that reminds you of present-day predicaments occurred at Kenobi Lake Amusement Park in Salem, New Hampshire during the summer of 2014. A Vermont family of five were trying to enter the park when security workers told them that they weren't allowed to carry their pocket knives into the park. Several of the family members became extremely belligerent, prompting two police officers to respond to the scene. 
One family member began screaming profanities at one of the officers in front of a crowd full of park guests and was said to have been given several warnings by the officer to stop resisting. When the officer attempted to handcuff him, the family members became extremely combative. The other family members joined in, jumping on the two officers' backs, punching and kicking them, and reaching for their weapons, police said. As the family members were arrested, the mother, who was not involved in the attack, allegedly began to fake a seizure. She was treated and released by paramedics at the scene, police said. The family members, excluding the mother, were arraigned in Salem District Court on multiple charges. Alan Perry, 45, was charged with second-degree assault. He was the dad. Joshua Perry, 23, was charged with resisting arrest and serious injury. And his brother, Brian Perry, 18, was charged with simple assault on a police officer. Damian Perry, 18, and Ashley Perry, 20, were both charged with disorderly conduct and criminal trespassing. Police said they just had to get those last two for something, eh? Ultimately, the dad, Alan Perry, didn't go to jail and instead got 60 hours of community service. How often can you get a slap in the ass? I mean, a slap on the wrist for kicking some popos. Sounds like the Perrys know how to make some good family memories for the right to protect via pocket knife stabbing. Well, this was fun. I hope you're staying safe out there and avoiding the violent protests, but getting your feelings heard, collecting your stimulus checks, and the bountiful unemployment for the return of your favorite theme park. This segment was recorded in an undisclosed autonomous zone filled with a clan of people that are mad as hell about police brutality, but are equally annoyed that they accidentally got a drunken swastika tattoo on their 18th birthday. I hope you enjoyed the Not Another Goddamn Theme Park News segment by me, Britt Nolan. Deuces! Don't be shy. You think about it all the time. You don't have a dirty mind. You just have a sexy imagination. Now, it's time for Sex Talk. Hey everyone, this is Rachel, and I'm here with some fun facts on orgasms. Did you know orgasms have multiple potential health benefits due to the hormones and other chemicals that are released by the body during an orgasm? Orgasms do not only occur during sexual stimulation, People of all genders can experience orgasm disorders. An estimated one in three men have experienced premature ejaculation. A 1997 study shows that men who have a higher frequency of orgasm are likely to live longer than men who have fewer orgasms. So get to cranking, boys. Now, what exactly happens during an orgasm? During arousal, blood flow to the genitals increases, causing them to become more sensitive. As arousal increases, a person's heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing rate may also increase. An orgasm approaches, the muscle may twitch or spasm, if you're doing it right. Sex researcher Betty Dodson has defined multiple different types of orgasms, most requiring genital stimulation. So amputees, grab a partner. You can have multiple orgasms, a series of orgasms over a short period. This is absolute goals. Pressure orgasms. Orgasms that arise from indirect stimulation of applied pressure, like pillow which is available for everyone. Try it. Grab that pillow. I can wait. Relaxation orgasms. Orgasms deriving from deep relaxation during sexual stimulation. On that one, I call bull attention orgasm. A common form of orgasm from direct stimulation, often when the body and muscles are tense. 
this would be the main type for anyone in a long-term relationship. Sigmund Freud and Betty Dodson largely discount fantasy orgasms, thinking yourself to climax, and G-spot orgasms. Don't put your dildos away just yet, ladies. God put the G-spot in their ass for a reason. Freud was just a Many men and women suffer from issues with orgasming, be it a horrible partner <clears throat> or a true medical reason. Life is entirely too short to go through it with blue balls. So talk to your doctor if you are a consistent less than four second man or if you feel any pain or discomfort while you orgasm. Now we're going to talk sex injuries. The number one reported sex injury is a vaginal tear. Ouch, right? Talk about splitting her open. <laughs> okay, the second most common sex injury is a fractured penis. See, vaginal tear was funny, but fractured penis has you all squirming. The next most common sex injury is carpet burn. Not carpet down there, like it's the 70s. Real rug burn. The fourth most common reported sex injury is by far my favorite, is missing foreign objects in the vagina. First of all, I am obligated to tell you to not put anything into the vagina that is not meant to go into the vagina. But that's no fun. If you get something lost in your hoo-ha, please see the doctor. The next most common sex reported injury is a back injury. Makes sense. Pulled muscle also makes sense. And the last and least sexy is a urinary tract infection. That is why it is extremely important to urinate after sex. Kills the mood, but then you don't have itching and pain down in your area. Well, that's it for me. So get to f***ing y'all. The second song is Rock and Roll Lockdown by Adrian Grimes.
If anything I said in this episode offended you in any way, I don't give a damn and a half. Cry in the comments, cry on social media, cry to your mommy, daddy, or anybody that will listen to a sensitive snowflake. Just know and understand that no one cares. To my listeners who made it all the way to the end, I love and appreciate you. Goodbye. And always remember to smile. This podcast was recorded without the permission of the authorities, then edited in a dark alley by a homeless guy who swore to us there were no side effects and everything would be okay. Rewritten by a chemistry student named Eric, edited and endorsed by Steve Steeler, so you know it's good, then sealed in small yellow envelopes to avoid detection and distributed worldwide over the internet and affiliated podcasting websites and brought to you by two guys in a pickup truck whose names you really shouldn't know. So, until the next illegal episode, keep your brains in a box, avoid flashbacks, and change your clothes at least once a day.